Hi, I'm Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. Saturday afternoon to you. This is Victory Over Sin, and my name is Mark Rennick. I hope all is well with you in the Treasure Valley this afternoon. This is the part of the show where we get to talk about Victory Over Sin and who funds us. And we are actually funded by the Southwest Council for St. Vincent de Paul. So, uh, and the program we call is called Systemic Change of Idaho. It's an advocacy arm of St. Vincent de Paul. And what our mandate is to do, if you will, bad English there, is to educate Idahoans on what it's like to be on parole and to be in the system, if you will. And we do that in several different fashions. We do this radio show, which we've been doing for almost a year and a half now. If you go to the archives of KBXL and look up Victory Over Sin, you'll see a list of all the shows. And we've had some pretty influential people here, upper administration with the Idaho Department of Corrections, some national people who work in uh, supporting returning citizens as they're out of incarceration, some examples of people who have been in the system who've told their story. And it's a powerful kind of situation. It's a voice, if you will, for those of us who have been in the system and we're trying to support and tell people uh, what it's like to be on parole. The other thing that we do actually, too, is we've got a PowerPoint that we go out and we share with different groups uh, churches, service groups, businesses, if you will, anybody that would like to learn and understand about it, what it's like to be on parole and some of the issues that we face. The cool thing about that PowerPoint is that it is shared by somebody who is a returning citizen. They've been trained to give the PowerPoint, and they go out and they share. It's really interesting to watch those people because they'll stand up. They stand a little stronger. They stand a little straighter, if you will, when they give the PowerPoint. They say, this is the way it is, and we go through some examples we talk about the cost to Idahoans and the taxpayer, and then we also talk about the emotional cost to families, which in turn can come back on the Idaho taxpayer also. So it's a real interesting kind of situation. If you're interested in that in terms of us presenting to you at the end of the show, I'm going to let you know how to reach me and reach out and do that. Also, equally, you're out there and you're driving around, you're on parole or you've been in the system, and you figure, hey, this is something that potentially I'd like to get involved with. Uh, please also reach out to me and we'll get you a part of this. There are volunteer opportunities in every level of the work that we do. So that's a powerful thing that we do from, and we're thankful to the good people at St. Vincent de Paul on a national level and to the people at Systemic Change of Idaho that let us do that. It's powerful and it's exciting. Uh, in 2018, as I've mentioned before, we're kind of expanding into the Canyon County area with our efforts. Uh, currently, we offer a one-stop kind of situation for people who are walking out of incarceration that first day. And we ask them to come to our offices at 963 South Orchard, Suite 101, and we give them a clothing voucher. We offer them some support in terms of information about how to survive that first day out. That's becoming increasingly popular as we go forward. Uh, in the past week, uh, I was able to go out to um, Sicky, it's called, the farm, some of us call it, but it's the uh, Minimum security facility out in uh, the desert out there. was able to talk to case managers. And we've been doing this for about a year, and yet still some of those people did not understand exactly what we do there at that location in the morning. So it was good to kind of share that information. 
our hope in 2018 is to increase more volunteers coming into our office so that they can then turn and go out and help. Maybe a lot of people don't have rides, so we can pick them up, take them where they're going, and then support them in that fashion. Again, if any of that touches your heart, we uh, certainly want you to reach out and we'll put you to work in terms of trying to share what is that Christianity in your heart, we hope, to go out and talk to somebody that's just out, help them through those first couple of hours. That's a real powerful way to do something like that. We've got some exciting things also planned in the near future. Uh, Systemic Change of Idaho is looking at a a public forum again. We've done a couple of those. We're looking at another one probably in the spring and maybe a major one in the fall in which we feature a speaker. We've uh, rehabbed our food bank area to make it into – there's a food bank on Overland Road that has a food bank – food pantry, I should say. They also serve meals several nights a week, and they've just recently completed – uh, renovating the piece of it so that we can make more of an educational piece on the place where we serve food. So we're looking forward to utilizing that in this capacity through uh, Systemic Change of Idaho. I've got an interesting guest with me today from St. Vincent de Paul, and we'll be right back with him in just a second. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and coffee shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861. That's area code 208-629-8861. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, we pay for that call. Okay, welcome back. Uh, actually, I'm excited. Grant Breidenbach is with me, and Grant is the marketing director for St. Vincent de Paul, newly hired, correctly? Yes, just back in January. Back really in January. That's cool. And uh, so he's the marketing director, and he's attempting to bring all things St. Vincent de Paul to you out there, the public, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. And we'll probably talk about our age differences because he's a young man. You're a student at BSU, right? Yes, I'm a uh, freshman student at Boise State University. I'm 19 years old. Wow. See that? 19 years old. So we're going to talk about how he is going to market the entity of St. Vincent de Paul. Any quick ideas about that? Where are you from? You from uh, Idaho? Um, I was not born in Idaho, but I would definitely say I grew up here. Uh, I was born back in Virginia, uh, moved here in 2001, and I spent most of my life here since then. Okay. So you're an, you would consider yourself a native Idahoan? Yeah, I'd say I grew up here. Thus, BSU was the choice automatically? or just... um, No, BSU actually wasn't the first choice. I was looking at schools um, across the country as far as Spain, actually. Really? Uh, it came down to a pretty close decision at the end for Boise State. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, I, that's cool. He has this fresh face, and so it's kind of always interesting. And I think one of the things I want to talk about is, uh, first of all, how do you got to St. Vincent de Paul? How did you find us, or did he find you, or...? Yeah. Um, so I was, you know, back uh, with some church stuff, you know, younger years. I didn't really even know what St. Vincent de Paul was uh, beyond some thrift stores, maybe the dining hall on Overland Road. I had volunteered a few times. Uh, but then uh, freshman year of college, I was doing some more volunteering, uh, helping out with some bicycle rep- repair at like State Street's thrift store. 
Uh, I was also helping some bicycle repair, or not bicycle repair, but just uh, processing at the Broadway store. Mm-hmm. And um, manager there. Thrift uh, stores, you run, the thrift stores primarily, right? Yeah. And uh, Carol, the manager at Broadway, um, called up Ralph, the executive director of Saints de Paul, and was like, You got to meet this guy. Um, I was telling her a little bit about my story, my expertise with marketing. So Ralph came down and said, you know, you should really volunteer with us. You can make a really large impact uh, with you know, marketing, helping get our name out there. Um, so I volunteered for a few hours, uh, December, beginning of January. And then Ralph says to me, you know, that we really have a need for this. We could build this into a part-time, part-time paid position. And it's been great since. Yeah, you know, because I, I think the thing that um, I've been a part of the reentry conference from St. Vincent de Paul for about five years, and it really needs that new, um, younger kind of vote because when people out here are listening to my voice, they think St. Vincent de Paul, and they do. They think thrift store, and they think, oh, that's the thrift stores with the youth ranch, with other places. And it's really much, much more than that. And uh, since Ralph's come on, I think he's really tried to change that. And so it was exciting to see you in terms of come on and try to help us in any way, shape, or possible. So I I, I think the challenge is it's uh, – it looks like you're excited about the challenge, but to me it sounds like it's pretty overwhelming to try to let everybody know about this. Is that true? Or? Absolutely. I mean, you you know, you ask someone, oh, where do you work? Oh, for Seems Paul. They're like, oh, the thrift stores? The thrift stores. Well, yes, but – and then I try to explain to them how much more there is. And it's hard because you can actually identify over 25 different arms to the organization. Exactly. Um, I mean, how do you sum that up for someone? So it's challenging. We've – got some different techniques but well and because you know it's like when we were kicking around this extra advocacy money um i just i wanted to i I said i don't care what it is as long as it doesn't have saint vincent de paul in the name because saint vincent de paul thinks thrift store and i wanted that's why we did we agreed on systemic change of idaho which kind of works but uh it's okay once they're hooked in i'll explain to them who saint vincent de paul is so it's almost like the opposite with what you do you've got to kind of encompass all this stuff and let them know what everything it is yeah, it's an interesting inverse. Yeah, it's great. I love it. So how potentially do you approach doing that from this standpoint? Um, a I, know big, you, I know a bunch of it's social media. but Exactly. Yeah, I think social media is probably the biggest way we've been incorporating together. Um, a lot of communication kind of starts at the council level, and then you have these conferences, the thrift stores, the different kind of smaller organizational levels of the organization – and information goes out there. Sometimes it gets out really effectively. Sometimes it gets a little bit lost along the way or maybe even misconstrued. Uh, so having social media kind of to d- communicate directly from the council level out to um, the people we're trying to work with, the people we're serving, and the people that are helping us has helped. We've also been working on a newsletter right. um, on a monthly basis that can go out electronically. Uh, so that's still a work in progress, uh, growing that list, uh, but it's been good. Yeah. I know you also took... Because uh, not only my group, but there are other groups that had our own little own Facebook pages, and you've molded those together to one Facebook page, right? Exactly. So before I came in, it was very scattered. Even there were upwards of, I think, four or five, maybe six different Facebook, Facebook pages, pages, and we've brought those back together. Because I know if you just get online and you put in St. Vincent Paul on Facebook, all you do is get crazy, crazy, all sorts right. of stuff. So. That's hopefully more organized. But talk about Facebook. Let's, let's pick on Facebook for sure. the start, for the start. Facebook tends to be when – I've been out of prison seven years. When I first got out, it was like nobody was, quote, unquote, 
everybody was kind of into it, but it was a youth kind of organized situation. Isn't it almost now for older guys? Is that is that a misconception or a conception? Or? No, absolutely. There's been a huge transition. I mean, you get to a, a certain age of oldness. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the elderly, I don't think, are using it a yeah. ton, uh, but especially among even younger. Uh, like people that are under under the age of eighteen, for say, um, they're not really getting too much new accounts there. Uh, so, it's a really powerful tool for communicating uh, with the baby boomer generation now, which is what you would not expect ten years ago. Um, but we're needing other things like Instagram to communicate better yeah. with the younger. Because it seems like the people who are, um, I know I started, and it was difficult for me. But I know the people I tried to bring on as peers, even organizations, would say, "I don't have time for that." I don't, you know, I wouldn't. Get, and now those are the people who are the most involved in Facebook. But it is, you're right, it's almost like a cutoff of you're over 40 kind of you're on Facebook. Or is that is there is there an age you think? that? I, I think it's definitely a very gradual thing. Like I'm still on Facebook. A lot of my friends are on Facebook. Yeah. Um, but that's not like their primary network. That's not where they go first. Yeah. So, um, And so I know that I have had to graduate because I'm responsible for this as well as another nonprofit. But I also... I've kind of gotten hooked into that. I like it. And so in terms of trying to represent um, topics and media and stuff like that. So I've graduated to Instagram. I've heard uh, – tell me about Instagram. How would the best way to utilize Instagram would be? Yeah. I think a lot of what Instagram is actually run by Facebook. Facebook owns Instagram. Um, it's a little bit of a watered-down version of Facebook with a very clean layout. It's very highly oriented around photos. Um, so that people aren't just putting text on there. So it's really visually captivating. Uh, and then a, the idea was a clean look. Um, one problem with it is that uh, you don't have as much um, variety to what you can post. You don't have as much control over it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's some place that you can struggle with, where Facebook, you have a lot of control, resolution. Instagram, you can fight that uh, constra- uh, constricted aspect ratios and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, it's great because you're tapping into a whole other network of people. Um, and there's a great, uh, great networks of like hashtags, and then you can kind of share to other accounts and tag them. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're partnering with somebody, like just recently we were working with Terry Riley Health Services, which uh, offers low-cost uh, health services here in Idaho. Mm-hmm. And um, – we made the post kind of explaining that some of our food pantries, about once a month they usually come. They can offer blood pressure and uh, glucose monitoring mm-hmm. uh, as well as offering hygiene kits to folks. Um, those – when we were partnered with them and put that post out, we were able to tag them in that and they were able to repost it. And there's kind of a, a network kind of bouncing off of each other there, which was great. Yeah, And so I think that's what – that's a lot of us all, again, attempting to build that coalition with people without going out and talking to them. You're hashtagging them and doing that sort of thing at the same time. Yeah, I like it. So Snapchat is something I have no nothing about, and I know that my kids are on it, and they're in their twenties. So that's something that's geared at a, a, a youth. Is that is that what you would? Exactly. It's definitely uh, really aimed at personal communication. Like I use it personally on a limited basis. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some companies that are on there that are putting like sponsored content on a paid basis out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of evaluated the same as DePaul and realized that we wouldn't be able to communicate the most effectively uh, through Snapchat. Uh, but definitely, you're absolutely right that it's geared a bit younger. Yeah. And so the Twitter guys are uh, are more, besides the president, the Twitter guys is the overall generic kind of situation, and that's for pretty much everybody. See, I haven't done that one either. I've resisted that one. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's fair. Yeah, and so that's just for pretty much saying your point and people follow you, follow you because mm-hmm. of your name. 
Sure. Would that be that concept? Yeah, and just, just so it's so so limited with 140 characters. Yeah, it's kind of tough. So I, I can I don't have to do that. Is that what you're telling me? I don't have to do that. Ah, you're good without Twitter. Okay. 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 So I've also exposed you since you're in your brief interaction. You had uh, it's safe to say you had no prison experience. You're a young man. You've never been incarcerated or broken the law or anything like that, right? Yep. Never. Nobody in the family has been incarcerated. No. Yet I've drug you around to some of these places with uh, people, and so. Talk to me about how we make our message out better uh, and how you plan to do that. Yeah. Um, That's been your challenge recently, right? Yeah, I think, I think I'm not the only one. I think most people would say they don't have much impact with the prison system at all. I mean, they kind of put it out there in the desert for a reason. They try to kind of hide it and, uh, and not, make it, uh, not make it clear. And I think a lot of our language or society kind of alienates uh, people coming out of prison, especially as they reenter, uh, the way society is stacked against uh, folks. So I think a big part of this is through St. Vincent de Paul, um, not only are we advertising uh, how we're helping people, um, but also part of it is that systemic change, changing the culture around it. And social media gives us a platform to do that. We've had some great interviews with uh, people like Sarah Hill yeah. or... Um, Sarah, and Sarah Hill was on this radio station last uh, yesterday, the other day, too, Oh. Talking about uh, Kosala. So, yeah, she's yeah. she's great, isn't she? Yeah, and I mean, take that one, for instance. Um, we had over 3,000 different views on that post. So, I mean, think of all the different people that were impacted by that. And that starts to add up, and people see that. So, if you're listening to us out in the desert, guys, this is what we're working on. we got this young kid in here. He's got a quarter my age. And, uh, and he's going to help us kind of market the life that you're exposed to and that you're trying to survive as you get out upon release. And we're trying to make it more acceptable, understandable, knowledgeable about everybody in Idaho so that they're supportive because most of the people who are listening to my voice, I hope you know this, but because I keep saying it, 97% of the people who are out there in the desert will be released. They're going to be our neighbors. They're going to be the people to interact with us. And we need to let you know that, hey, you know what? They're decent, good people out there. And they're going to work very hard to transition back into the community. And we're going to do that through showing some stories. We've, he's done some stuff in terms of interviewing a few of our people that are coming through. And we've got a, we've got a project with somebody coming up where we're going to take somebody and go out to the old prison and try to film him. So what other kinds of things like that could we do, you think? Um, yeah, I think video is one of the most impactful. Uh, and even just you know photos, we've been trying to kind of generate uh, a bank of imagery um, so you just can always, no matter the circumstance, kind of pull out a photo um, and just kind of, I think digital elements like that kind of build an empathetic link. I, yeah, I do too. I think you see it and you click to it more so than I, I, I can understand what you're saying with the Facebook stuff where somebody's just posting something and they're talking about, uh, you know, um, it's pink image or whatever image and it says something goofy. I tend to flip through that. But if there is that image of somebody... Mm-hmm. You tend to watch the image for a few seconds. As long, is there a length of time you think before you lose somebody's interest? Yeah, it's actually really interesting. You can you, you can see graphs on it, um, and you lose people really fast. I bet you do. Um, and you know sometimes it's really hard. So the Sarah Hill interview, uh-huh. um, we interviewed for about ten minutes. Um, heck, I wanted to put the whole thing out there. It was amazing. Uh, I was really only able to cut it down to about three minutes, and it needs to be shorter. But I just couldn't chop her story anymore because it's such a powerful story. Um, but about minute is your target. Instagram, for instance, actually won't even let you go over a minute. They'll cut you off at a minute. Um, uh, Snapchat, 10 seconds. Really? So these are very fast-paced. People's attention spans are practically non-existent. But another big part of it is kind of a transition 
from it's really easy. So you see a lot of shared content out of there. Um, it's, out of uh, Facebook? Or yeah, other? Facebook. Okay. Um, not as much on Instagram, yeah. uh, but especially Facebook. You're a little bit of reposting on Instagram. Uh, but Facebook is super easy. There's a Hubongs button to share. Yeah. Um, it's easy. Sometimes it's really good, especially if you're partnering with another organization. Um, but something we've been trying, same as Nepal, is to be generating original content. And uh, I think that's something that will kind of help set us apart. Yeah, that's, I know that's uh, what I try to do too is it's the stuff. I got a couple different pages. One is my nonprofit. One is systemic. But you try to get stuff locally on my nonprofit and nationally on the systemic. Kind exactly. Of thing. But uh, it's always good to be able to get something from us that's generated from us that I'm going to obviously borrow from you and move on to every other place too because it involves us. But I think that's it. You got to have something that's local that somebody sees it and then with the right sort of hashtag, then make it to Instagram, right? Is yep. that, that on the right line? Cool. So those are the kinds of things we're working on, guys. Uh, and we've, we're excited about a few things. And now he's in studio. We're introducing him to all these people. So hopefully we can take some of the skills he has and maybe make them even broader, right? Yeah. Makes sense. What's the next kinds of exciting things happening at St. Vincent de Paul? You've got some stuff coming up that we want to talk about for them. Right? Yeah. So got a couple of cool things coming up. So right now, uh, here soon, we've got the Idaho Gives campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, go check us out there. It uh, has a little bit of our story, and uh, it's a great way to help us out here as we move forward. But one of the really big things we're focusing on is our annual uh, benefit night. So it's called Summerfest. It's uh, in late June. Um you can get a table out there. Um, where, is or it this year? where is it? This year? Uh, Holy Apostles Catholic okay. Church. And um, it's going to be a great uh, evening, live music, uh, all sorts of raffles, great dinner, wine. Uh, there's a car, too. Yeah, the car is a really cool thing. Yeah, that's right. Um, there's a huge raffle. Um, only 500 tickets, $100 a ticket, and you could win a, a 2018 Subaru Forester. Uh, the MSRP on that car is a little bit over $28,000. Um, you don't have to be present to win or anything. Uh, I mean, the fact that you could uh, buy a ticket for $100 and walk away with a brand new car, um, it's awesome. Uh, and it's what a great way to support St. Vincent de Paul in the process. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, that we've tried that, I mean, since I've been associated with them over the years. We've tried different picnic kinds of stuff and different ones at Bishop Kelly, I know, and uh, some of them relative success. But I think this venue is something I think that will really work out there at this mm-hmm. time. So, yeah, that's exciting to hear. It's going to be awesome. I encourage everybody to come out there, dancing with the stars. And bands and stuff like that. Too. Oh, yeah. yeah new it's going to be kind great live music. And that's a nice area out there. So, yeah, that looks to be a success. Anything else that's new and exciting happening at uh, St. Vincent? You know, the thing that um, I can comment for, well, maybe you can't comment on it, but there's a different energy at, at the office. Do you sense that? Uh, um You've kind of into it new, so you see all the new people. But we really do have um, a new approach, I would say, that I think you're coming on to be a part of uh, in terms of new staff, new energies, new directions for St. Vincent de Paul. And I think uh, I'm so happy, I'm happy that you're coming on to kind of help us. I think you're totally right. Like, it's an amazing group of people working with at St. Vincent de Paul. Mm-hmm. It's not that they weren't before. They were great before. But I think there's a... And I, we'll give some credit to Ralph, who's been on the show. Ralph May is the executive director. I'll, I'll do that easily. He's come on, and, and we've seen a direction in which he's laying out a format where everybody actually can grow in a real – I hate to use the word systemic – but in a, in, a, in a systemic sort of way that the, the energy grows so it can get the recognition that they've been doing behind the scenes for a long period of time. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, this work's been happening for a long time, but I think this uh, a little bit ties into my position too. Uh, now people are finding out about this. We're getting the word out there. And I think um, that's just one part. People are really excited. So here is one thing we're doing new. Um, so uh, in our dining hall uh, in the Overland area, we're actually starting a new education center. Uh, construction's already underway. We're going to be teaching some classes there, some mm-hmm. solid life skills, um, and being able to do that. So moving that place forwards, uh, it's just super exciting. Yeah, and I, I kind of mentioned that a little bit of that in the opening too. That is really going to be something that if I implied in the opening that it's just for people for, out of incarceration, that's not the case because there's a population that, that utilizes that meal service that's free several nights a week. And, I, and we hope to incorporate the entire community with that because the skill set that people coming out of incarceration need to be supported by in terms of life skills and education stuff is certainly available to the entire community. And that's what's exciting about that revamp. Um, it's going to be in a better spot, too. So that's that. you're right. I'm glad you brought that up. Where's, where is Grant going in when he completes his degree, or where is he headed? Does he have a dream? or? I don't know exactly. Um, I'm double majoring in entrepreneurship management and marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, up until I get that degree, I'm sure I'll be with St. Vincent de Paul. I couldn't see myself anywhere else. Um, and then, you know, long run, I think a perfect – perfect kind of world, it would be um, kind of getting on the ground floor of a new company that's starting, uh, helping them market and probably launching a product on a national, international level. But who knows if that'll work? Um, or, I will, uh, or taking a dream that you have for a new company and sure. you're making that work. Kind of exactly. Thing. You know, I think that, I, the thing I found over, and that I would encourage you to and anybody else who's listening to my voice, uh, to do, to get up in the morning to be able to do exactly what you want to do and to be excited about what you do because it follows a passion in your heart and really potentially what God's directing you in. Exactly. And you're going to be absolutely successful at that. So and if I had your youth or your energy, that's what I would do. It would be follow the dream mm-hmm. and listen to what God's telling you to do as you go forward with that entity, and it will manifest itself and then just follow it. And then you'll exactly. You know, I really feel that you know God has called me here to St. Vincent de Paul. Um, I don't exactly know what his plan is, but he's definitely brought me here, and I'll see what he has next for me. That is fantastic because uh, yeah, we need you guys. We need you young guys to come fix the world for us, okay? Because uh, some of us have already played this game, and we're too old to fix it. So it's in your hands, okay? All right. Grant, thank you so much for coming in today. It was fun. We'll bring you back as we succeed. And uh, give him some um, encouragement, if you will, that we are able to put together some of the stories that are actually cool for you. Want to say that? Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just uh, check same as DePaul out. Um, we've got a lot of our information on our website at svdpid.org, same as DePaul.org. And you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram. Just Google, uh, search us on there and you'll find us. Yeah. Make sure you like those because that makes uh, those of us who do this, and I'm sure Grant's in the same spot. When he sees those numbers goes up, then it, it kind of validates your work. Does it? Do you do Absolutely. You yeah. It feels like, good. Yeah. Like, God, oh, man, somebody liked that. That's really good. Sure, Ralph. <laughs> it, took me so, it took me so long to get over 200. It took me so long to get over. Yeah. So no, you need to do that. That'll validate mm-hmm. his work. Please do that. Just don't go look at it. Thank you so much for coming, and uh, we look forward to working with you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I listen to the wind, to the wind of my soul. Where I'll end up, well, I think only God really knows. I've said it. I want to thank Grant for, Grant for coming in today. You can tell all this youth and energy is going to fix the world for us. I'm so glad I don't have to fix the world anymore. Those uh, let him do it. If you need to reach us and something touched your heart today that you think, hey, I want to be involved with that, we're pretty easy to get in touch with. 
You can reach out to us at www.systemicchangeofid.com. You can reach out to us by e- by Gmail at systemicchangeofidaho, all spelled out, at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Systemic Change of ID. We're on Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. You can even call us on the phone at area code 208 We look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.